Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and uh, I'd like to share with you our experience over the uh, redesign of CTSS, a website that we've been doing since 1999. I would like to try to go through what we've done to make it better and why we did it and some of the challenges that uh, we found. So if you look at our group at Hopkins, education has always been a major goal, and uh, we've been developing educational material for more than two decades. We started literally with Xeroxing our non-spiral CT protocols and we developed educational CDs back in the Amersham and Winthrop days and then we in the late 90s became involved with web-based programs as the web became an important part or potential part of education. CTSS was launched in 1999, which its principal role was to be an easier way of literally putting our protocols online rather than Xeroxing them. But uh, very quickly, it soon became obvious that we would be using the web for developing new things. And so soon teaching files and interesting cases and then pearls and quizzes and finally lectures, which was soon to be called vodkas, were made. And our development and how we developed CTSS was based on the fact that we had a lot of experience with CME. Uh, I've run courses for Hopkins for over 20 years, and I've spoken in many meetings for the past 20 years before that. And uh, so we had no preconceived notions, and we were not worried about what was right or wrong, and we were willing to do things and redo them if necessary. We just wanted to find out what people wanted to do. And here is how the website actually looked. The opening page changed a bit over time, uh, over the 12-year period it was in use, but uh, part of it was we kept adding material. And in fact, you can still go to www.oldctss.com and you can see the site. And this site literally was functional. I'll show you the last thing we posted was on uh, April uh, 4th, our last vodcast. And the site will be up for a few more years. I know we have about 100 people who go there a day who maybe are very comfortable knowing where things are, but we're not adding new material. So we're transitioning over to the new website. Now you can see the new website, which launched at around April 1st, no April Fool's joke. It was meant to be clearer with newer technologies involved and to be sharper and cleaner. And you can think about the old website. We developed it over a 12-year period, kind of like building a house one room at a time. And so things were not connected. There was lots of material. It may be hard to find. It was a great site, but again, we're always looking to move forward. And so this site had a much cleaner look. Obviously, the web has evolved tools. Uh, you can see the top, as I'll come back to, things like Facebook and Twitter were not even someone's imagination. Even Zuckerberg wasn't thinking about it when we launched. Uh, I think he must have been like third grade when we first launched CT as Us. And we'll come back to the individual features as we go along. But again, our principles, whether it was the first version or the most recent version, were really the same. We wanted something to be easy to use and intuitive, whether you're a user in Los Angeles, in New York, or in Gaza, or in Cape Town, because our user population, which is probably around 75,000, is literally all over the world. We wanted to also develop a site where content was continuously updated. It would not be a dead site, but it would be a living site where we would be constantly updating things. We recognized that we wanted to update some things in a predictable fashion. So, for example, every Monday we have a new uh, lecture. And... The first of every month, we have new pearls and a new quiz, but then some things are unpredictable. That is, when I get time, new teaching files appear. And some weeks when I have lots of time, we have new files literally every day and sometimes not quite every day.
And it was important for us to make the site worthwhile and trusting for people to invest their time in it. And you can see we've been very successful. Here's a Google map from a typical day. 78 countries ranging from the U.S. to India to China. And you can see, if you looked at all our numbers, that more than half our users are outside the United States. And this is indeed impressive because if you look at this map, uh, Google considers Russia one big country, something like 1948. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the user's experiences and some of the things we recognize in each of the individual sections and compare what we've learned from those dozen years and how we try to improve it the second time around. And we're going to address some of the challenges and opportunities that we see going forward. So let's start simply with teaching files. Teaching files have been a classic part of radiology. And you remember the old days, the images were in a folder and the folder had an a diagnosis on it and you pull the images out, you look at the images, you put it back in the folder. You remember being quizzed that way. Well, those days of the hot seats are long gone, but the teaching file is something that still remains. It's a way of looking at lots of information in a short period of time and seeing lots of interesting things. We recognize that one of the great ways of learning is to see lots of examples. That's a classic thing in radiology. So in our first version, what we had was a very simple program. It had two images side by side, and you, the user, could look at it in a quiz mode where the answers weren't shown or in a standard mode where the answers were shown. We had the categories divided by organ systems, such as pancreas, liver, or spleen, and we had well over 60,000 images pairs available for review. Now, what was the problem? Well, the first problem is there were two images. And we know now with dual-phase imaging and 3D mapping and multiplanar reconstruction that often to show a case well, you need maybe 10 to 20 images. And so what we had to do is put consecutive pairs of twos. And so it would be case one through case 11 would really be the same case. So it wasn't very intuitive. And also we had so many cases, which was good news, bad news, but we had, for example, 6,600 liver cases, but if you said to me, show me the 20 hepatic adenomas, you would have to punch the button 6,600 times to find all of them. So there was no search function. And also, there was no linking between other information we had in the site. We had pearls, we had the journal clubs. So in a sense, we developed it. There was really silos of information, but this lack of connectivity. And this is, of course, not ideal when you're trying to connect all the information. Also, there was no zoom function to look closer at the images, and these were things we recognized, and in planning the new teaching files, uh, we tried to address them. So let me just show you how the old one looked, and many of you remember this. You can see by the categories from adrenal on down, uh, you can see how many cases there were. On the left, you can see when we added the newest files. Each of those files were 100 cases, and you could see, for example, when you target down, Neuro had 1,300 cases, but if you look a little bit lower, pancreas had 6,500. And if you went into a section like liver, which had 6,600, what you would have seen was all these individual boxes, and each of those boxes was 100. The higher the number, the more recent it was. Not a great search system, but it worked. And here's a typical case, and here's a case where I'm showing you the answer. You can see two images, and that was a hemangioma, which you can see nicely again, the next set of images. But moving forward, what did we try to do differently? Well, now we had the same sections, 
but it was significantly different. The only thing that was the same was the same titles of the individual sections. And you can see from adrenal to cardiac to chest on down. Now we tell you how many cases there are, and uh, we also show you when the last update was and the most updated image. But once you start looking at cases, everything changes. You have as many images as you want till the low 20s, and you could see them. And you could touch any of these images and zoom up on it so you can get better detail. Also, every single case is linked to pearls, it's linked to medical illustrations when we have them, and it's linked to articles that are pertinent in the journal club. So in this case of adrenal lymphoma, which I just showed you, you can see all of its links. Or in this case of a renal cell carcinoma metastatic to the contralateral adrenal, again, you can see all the links. So now we've taken that teaching file and improved it by making it more flexible, by giving you all of the images, and now connecting uh, many of the information sources we develop on CTSS directly to the, each individual case. So that works very nicely. And it's done automatically so we don't have to link everything case by case. Now, another important part of CTSS was always pearls. And it was something all of us do. When I wrote lectures, I'd write key words, I'd write key statements, key lists. And so now what I do is when I read, I make up these lists, I take quotes from articles, important facts and information. And every month we put up about 50 to 100 pearls on varying topics. And again, it's provide the user with lots of good information. And so pearls on the initial CTSS, there it was on the left. You can see the different categories. And then if you hit a category, you'd come up, you hit adrenal, you come up with an adrenal image. A lot of the categories were like this, very linear. And you kept hitting the next button to see whatever was in sight. Now, we had started to change. And so, for example, on liver pearls, we divided it into uh, 11 or so subsegments. And you would go into a different segment. You'd hit trauma, for example. And you'd be able to get some of the pearls about trauma. Well, in the transition, what did we do? Well, we took everything that worked well and then bounced it around a bit. And so now you have several choices. One is you can look at the month. So everything will show everything I put in November. So if you want to read all my new pearls, regardless of the section, you could do that. And that works very nicely. Or you can go into the individual section. So for example, here, if you chose liver as a section, you would see all the different subtopics in the liver. And then if you hit one of the subtopics, you get the information in that zone. So now we've made it a lot easier for you to be able to choose specifically, in this case, parenchymal disease, the topic you want, and then look at the pearls that relate to that topic. Or in adrenal, the same thing. You can see all of the subheadings, and you pick one of the subheadings, uh, such as adrenal hematoma, and now all the key bits of information are there. So again, everything we did before, only doing it better. Now, another component of CTSS has always been the journal club. Uh, through the key journals, I pick some of the most important articles for our users, and then we list those with the summary information. And the goal was, of course, to keep the users informed of what's going on. And so here's the old journal club, and you can see we had it for many years. What you could do is you would look at the articles, you'd touch them, and be able to get the summary. And you can go backwards in time and pick here, I picked 2005, and you can go each month and see what was hiding under each month.
So again, a fairly easy way of looking at images. And here's a typical summary slide about how things would look. Well, as we went forward, as we changed the Journal Club, some of the things remained the same. Every month, we have the different uh, articles. And what you can also do is go back pick a different month or a different year and find out all of the information. But it's a much cleaner look and if I touched you would see the article. A key thing also is you can search the uh, Journal Club now. Previously you cannot search a Journal Club. So uh, that's a tremendous advantage. Now multimedia has always been a very important part of CTSS. We're the ones who wrote the first articles on Vodcast. We're the ones who got the first articles on Vodcast rejected when people said it wouldn't work, it was too expensive, and they didn't believe it was true. Well, we proved that was not the case, and every week we put up another Vodcast on Monday on the iTunes store. It's a great subscription model because you can sign up for it and it's for free and automatically goes to your iPod or iPhone or iPad or any device you have available. And we literally launched this in 2005 and have well over 400 Vodcasts, one a week for six years plus additional things. And it's one of the things we did on a timely basis. Every Monday, every Monday we had it there. Now, how do we do better on the new CTSS? Well, we still have the iTunes store, but now we added YouTube, and so you can get the same lectures on YouTube or the iTunes. The advantage of YouTube is when someone watches it, they can be on CTSS and watch it directly. With the iTunes store, you have to download it and you're not on CTSS. So one, that's one of the big advantages, but either work very well. Both have subscription models, both are for free, both have high quality images. So again, uh, one of the nice things of course with iTunes, it also lists some of our other things. In this case, our uh, apps that we have on the iPhone and iPad. And we can talk about that at a different time. So the difference is, you know, both have good high quality audio and video, both have the subscription models, but again, from a perspective of the user and of the site, the nice thing about the YouTube model is you don't need to sign up for anything to look at a specific lecture. You can go straight into it and never leave the site, which gives the site some increased stickiness, and that indeed works very nicely. Now, we've also had a monthly quiz since way back when. Uh, every month we'd present 10 interesting cases. In the beginning we'd give out prizes, then it became too complicated. But at the end of each month we posted the correct answers. Uh, people then suggested, why don't we discuss the cases, which we've done for a number of years. And here's how it would look. You can see from 2000 on the archives, uh, 12 months a year, 10 cases a month. Here's how the cases would look. There'd be a question, there'd be a pair of images, you could zoom up on the images, you can make the diagnosis, very nice. Well, how do you go forward from there, which we did? It's a bit cleaner now, it's a bit easier. It's under our learning modules, quiz of the week. Once you go inside there, what you're able to do is, again, we're using two images still, and we're using uh, four answers again. You choose the right answer. You can zoom up on the images. Once you submit your answers, at that point, even the first day of the month, you don't need to wait to the end of the month anymore. You can listen to my discussion about the cases. So now we have the correct answers. You get graded, plus you have the quiz. Okay? Very, very simple. Now I talk about things that were the same 
and that would be Ask the Fish. When we started CTSS, we started chat rooms. Remember, in 1999, AOL was at its prime, or near its prime, and everything was chat rooms. Well, we created lots of chat rooms, and nobody came to the chat rooms. It was DOA, dead on arrival. And when we thought about it, we, wanted, we figured, well, it doesn't work, let's delete it. And then I thought about it, and we thought about it, and said, well, perhaps people don't want to ask questions, because would you ask a question that was pertinent, and then listen to someone named JS at AOL? com answer you the answer is probably not so we said let's get a moderator and i volunteered to be the moderator and for better or worse people know who they're asking the questions to and the rest as they say is history we get 10 to 20 questions a week more than any website in the world and i try to answer them based on the literature based on our experience if i can't answer the questions i get help if it's machine specific I have people like Jack Risner at GE and Tony Cook at Siemens. If it's contrast, Rick Vitti at GE helps me. Whatever I need, we try to deliver the correct answers. And you can see the, the user questions or a range of questions that relate to contrast and protocols and how to optimize studies. There's classic questions you have and something we do answer and we try to answer on a timely basis. Now, one of the things I mentioned earlier on was the limitations of the first CTS in terms of search capabilities. There was no real way of searching the site, and one of the main goals for redoing CTSS was search capabilities. We, we did not want to be Google or PubMed. If you want to search, you know, to get every article written on a topic like angiosarcoma of the liver, go to PubMed, go to Google. Our goal was to link our information whether it was the lectures or teaching files or pearls or other content and make it easier for the user. And that's what we have. We have a search engine. You could look only at a part of the site like pearls or teaching files or look at all sections. So for example, it takes less than a second. If I had Crohn's disease, I get results going from journal club to learning features to media to pearls to protocols to teaching files and illustrations of available. So you can see it very nicely there. And you could see how you choose the results. And if you wanted just the learning features, there's a link to our content material and articles. And if you wanted just the pearls, here are the pearls that relate to Crohn's disease. And if you wanted the images, here are the images that relate to Crohn's disease. So everything is there is now the user's choice of what they want to see, how much or how little. And now we're taking advantage of all the material we've developed over more than a 12-year period. Now, of course, as you go with newer things, you need to have social media connections. So we've been very active on Facebook. I haven't been Twittering as much as I should, according to my daughter, and I will learn that a little bit better. And we've used YouTube. You can see how we use it for our lectures now. And we'll keep growing in this area. Uh, for example, if you look at our front page, the upper line has those critical social media. And so if you look at our Facebook, we have 2,347 friends and growing. Uh, again, we're not quite up to Lady Gaga, who has 46 million or so. But what do we post? We post lectures. We post announcements relative to Hopkins courses. We're a we post other educational things, and then we post other things. Every Sunday night, I post a song of the week. 
something I like. And we post random things like here's Jason Sudeikis in honor of the RSNA, this little bit he did for me a couple years ago when I was running the film panel. So we create lots of information and many of our users will comment on it or make suggestions. And so it's a way of us connecting more with our users. It's interesting. Uh, there's sort of a younger crowd who signs up for Facebook, and more than half of the people in non-U.S., the number one and two cities are Riyadh and Giza. So, hard to imagine. Of the top ten cities that use Facebook for CT is us. Now, remember, China cannot connect to Facebook. Nine of the cities are outside of the United States. And it's just a simple, enjoyable thing. Now, what else? There's challenges. There's no doubt, uh, since we, we don't have a $20 million grant for developing, and since we neither sell anything nor charge anything, developing new content is always a challenge, but it's something that uh, uh, we're committed to. We also mentioned we work with Harris Corp, who's helped us develop the site, the new site. And that's been a challenge. It's been fun. But I will be honest with you, it's much more painful than I thought it would be. It's taken much longer than I thought it would be. Great guys to work with. But, you know, there's something about developing everything in-house. Um, anticipating what the next trends will be in education have, is a challenge, but something we're experienced at and look forward to. And again, we try to maintain the site and yet develop academic productivity from the site, as we do in presenting this at the RSNA. There's some unknowns, how things will change. Will things like the Apple Store impact classic websites? What's the role of Internet 2? Will we need to have more connectivity? Will we have to do live lectures with our user community? How will new technologies like Siri on the iPhone impact us? And how will we take advantage of it? We're not worried about impacting us badly. We want to know how we should use it. To quote Steve Jobs, we need to stay hungry and stay foolish. And uh, it's about lunchtime here, so we're definitely hungry and we're definitely foolish. And you can see we do connect everything across all medias. So CT is Us has an iQuiz on iPad and iPhone. And so it connects our users with us regardless of the media they use. We have a version of CT is Us that works on iPhones and smartphones. Future directions, the challenge for any website is is to meet the needs of our users and potential users. Whether a website is free like ours or is available by subscription, users have the ultimate power by being able to decide whether or not they want to visit the site and invest their time. Our site does not require money, but it requires time, and we're committed to providing the best user experience possible. We always listen to our users and look forward to hearing from them. Concluding then, next steps... We're going to move forward with new concepts and educational delivery, taking advantage of some of the newest techniques like Skype, for example. We're going to continue to develop concurrently the website as well as mobile applications. And we'll continue to develop new original content for our users. As Steve Jobs said, everyone here has the sense that right now is one of those moments when we are influ influencing the future. And we indeed We'll try to do it as we move forward. I'd like to acknowledge many of the people who have been helpful. There are way too many to name, but you know, Karen Horton, Pam Johnson, and B. Mudge for their contributions to the site. Jim Trafficant from uh, Harris Healthcare, who was influential in committing to the redesign. And we appreciate his support and his support in the future. And with that, have a great day.